you just got back to New York, right? Yeah, yeah. So I've been out in Chicago, working in Chicago, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but family's in New York, so kind of like you, just not in a warm place. Coming back for the holidays, going to be here yeah. for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, love this city. It's a fun time of year to be here for sure. The cold sucks a little bit, but the rest of it is all fun. Yeah. And so um, you're not well, you're not racing anytime soon, right? Or no? Yes or no? Or we're not not right now. There there been some talk of cross country stuff. I'm taking a little bit of a break after uh, after New York. I figure I might as well try and reset my body. I've been banged up for like vaguely banged up, I should say, for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, not like enough to not be running, but definitely not enough to be training at the level that I want to be training at. So yeah, yeah. trying to take a little bit of time. And obviously, I mean, you know it just as well as I do. New York's racing calendars get a uh, busy quickly is the whole thing there's like indoor stuff that we'll hop into and have some fun the armory is always awesome um and and then eventually get back out on the roads but i I do not necessarily have an interest in getting out there like january february Mm. on like to try and race just trying to run fast outside those months is rough but there'll there'll be some stuff like brooklyn half will happen that's probably the next big one come Mm. may hopefully i don't think we've seen anything from the roadrunners yet but I'd assume that it's going to come back. So yeah. uh, stoked for that one. Dope. All right, look, I'm going to knock out this intro. Um, yeah. What's, what's up, y'all? Welcome to the Stay for the Stories podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Elijah. Joining me today, short and sweet, forever lost, Tim Rossi. What's up, dude? Nailed it. Short and sweet, man. I'm yeah, good, exactly. Keep I'm it good. straightforward. I feel like, yeah, you're... you people know you you know what i mean like you're already a name you're forever lost like that you're that guy you're like yeah. oh that's it that's that's your intro actually you're that guy tim rossi <laughs> there it is yeah exactly <laughs> it's a weird one man trust me it's a weird one when it's like uh the the lost boys guy or whatever it, it's a lot oh, of fun yeah. don't get me wrong that's kind of like the point of what we've done to try and like make these connections but it definitely yeah, yeah. still uh blows my mind a little bit anytime I go somewhere and someone's like I know who you are I'm like that's weird because you probably uh, shouldn't wow. there's no real reason <laughs> you know who I am right yeah yeah it's the the recognition from whoever wherever those things could be um like a little humbling you know what I mean like oh you know me from this place or this thing I live in New York and you live on the other side of the world or country or whatever and people recognize you on the street yeah uh, well, weird, I would dude. say, but even the running community is a little, is small-ish, you know what I mean? It's big, yeah. it's huge, but um, I feel like it's, it's a lot smaller than people realize. So like name recognition, faces, like that's me as a photographer, I recognize a lot of faces and then I can tie it back to a name, but I recognize people and like, hell yeah, I can, I, I can, I can see that. Um, yeah. Before, all right, you know what, I want to talk to you about racing, uh, especially this year, because you did back-to-back racing, she did Chicago and then New York right after, right? marathon yeah. back to back yeah 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 i can yeah, you might want to take a, uh, yeah, a little bit exactly we'll, <laughs> we'll take a little bit yeah I, I i will asterisk by chicago that was definitely a a on a whim one and i did not cross the mm. finish line there intentionally i should okay. say um because mm-hmm. that was a big one in new york but in in hindsight uh, maybe not in hindsight i probably wouldn't have changed anything but yeah chicago might have been a little bit harder of a day than mm-hmm. uh I thought it was going to be that weather for anyone that raced Chicago or was out there, like was a lot rougher than I think people give mm-hmm. it credit. It just the humidity and the heat, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're running super, super far. It just, it caught up to people. It caught up to me and I only yeah. ran like 20 ish miles that day, mm-hmm. um, which is a lot. Don't get me wrong. That was my 20 miler for New York, but yeah, did New yeah. York as well. 
lot of lot of races on the calendar which is fun like it, it's one of the things that i enjoy about running but um yeah. it was cool to see him come back if nothing else yeah yeah so if you if, let's dive into chicago if you don't mind like what was your thought process going through the race or like what what about it made you decide and you were comfortable about i'm not going to cross the finish line this time and that was okay i feel like some people probably could relate to that having that mindset and probably did the same thing so from your perspective and your your pov what what was it about that race or like what was the deciding factor that you said you know what i'm not gonna cross and i'm gonna this is my 20 miler for new york and that thought process yeah chicago was this it was a unique one because i kind of got pulled into it at the last second okay. um and, and like was excited about it like definitely stoked that way it was kind of the plan of like uh, i've always there's a lot of people that um like as part of the marathon training might do another marathon like mm -hmm. I, i've got a lot of buddies who just can put that kind of mileage on their body um so that was like the the initial thought the weird thing that happened with chicago was it's like a week out my hip flared up on me pretty badly which was ultimately mm -hmm. the thing that kind of has been bugging me and i ended up having to take like I, I took six days off i think it was total leading into chicago to just see if i could get it under control so i went into chicago i'd ran two shakeout runs i ran thursday took a day off and then ran fr uh saturday as well mm -hmm. um and like felt good enough where i was like okay i'll give it a go but i essentially had thought to myself like i was definitely going to go 13 because i was running um to just like make sure that someone got through the rest of the race essentially so i was definitely going to go 13 mm -hmm. uh and, and then feel it out from there essentially and the way that chicago goes as funny as this is is like the course itself you you go out and leave the middle of the city and then you come back towards the middle of the city so it's pretty mm -hmm. easy to drop out at certain points and 20 was kind of that like the furthest i could go without finishing the race because mm -hmm. um, all of a sudden if i go hypothetically 22 miles i'm having to turn around and run the last four miles to get back to the finish line anyway yeah, uh, yeah. so th there were periods of time where i thought about like maybe i should just finish because i felt good and i've always wanted to do all of chicago like chicago is mm -hmm. definitely a bucket list one um but it like i knew new york was the goal and that was kind of the the thing that like ultimately drove me to just be like okay i don't need to do this i mm -hmm. i had bigger goals for myself um which did not come to fruition i'm kind of spoiling the new york story i'm sure but right. like I, I thought i was gonna i i was going to chicago to run it was a hard pace but it was ideally something that was like doable it was like in the 245 to 250 range which is a super fast marathon but not what i wanted to do in new york so i reasoned that like i should step off and use this as a good training run for new york rather than beating up my body by finishing mm -hmm. the last 10k mm -hmm. um and then maybe like having my marathon for the season end right there it might have been a different story if i'd been fully healthy going into it but mm -hmm. Um, with where I was at, that was just probably the most I could have gotten out of myself on the day. And honestly, it went super, super well. Like I felt great most of the time, mm -hmm. um, and felt pretty good coming off of it as well. So it seemed to work and then New York happened, but that's okay. All right. Well, okay. Okay. So I want to touch on two things. If you want to dive into New York, let's dive into New York. And then I want to talk about your history as an athlete, because as you're, as you're talking 
walking me through your mindset for Chicago and what happened in that experience. I, my whole thought process on my end right now is like, oh, this guy is an experienced runner. Like he understands yeah. his body. He knows exactly what the long-term goals are versus the immediate now short-term goals and like your willingness to adjust on the fly. Like that speaks to me in experience. And I think a lot of people would be surprised to know your athletic background. So that's something I want to dive into. But if you want to go into New York City, how was uh, that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, we can foreshadow it for sure. But yeah, like I, I'll, I'll do the running thing backwards. But yeah, New York, I mean, New York was a ton of fun, man. Like it's the hometown race. I'm born and raised in New York. I've done the marathon four times now, I guess, was what this past wow. one was. It was my fourth New York, which like, I mean, I love this race. People um, complain about the bridges. They complain about mm -hmm. the hills, but like everyone loves the crowd support. And when you're from here, it's just even different. Like, the, I mean, you know it as well, the running community in New York second to none like the community shows up for that race and especially in a year after it had been canceled in the 50th anniversary um like super cool to see it come back obviously did not go as well as i'd wanted it to from everything i've said before but mm -hmm. essentially just like went into the race knowing that i wasn't as fit as i wanted to be but still thinking that like i could do decently i'd run the chicago 20 miler went super super well i'd run a half marathon probably eight weeks out six weeks out that actually went really well I ran a minute faster there than I'd ran in like my build-up half marathon for nice. my marathon PR so I was like yeah. oh maybe I can like pull something out of my ass essentially and uh it it did not necessarily go that way which that's the marathon the marathon like kind of exposes any sort of training mistakes or mm -hmm. or lack of training that you might have had um, and, and I cruised for like nine miles and it started to get hard and I ran another three miles pretty fast, hoping that it would like patch out essentially mm -hmm. that I've, I've had it in every race I've ever ran and over that distance, I should say, where you're going to feel bad and you're going to feel good at times. That is just the way the race goes. So I kind of mm -hmm. hope that, that it was just a bad patch, but it kind of went south really, really early. And, mm -hmm. uh, it was like a rough one because it was definitely a period of time where I'm like, I should just stop running. But uh, at, at a certain point, I kind it's funny, like I saw a lot of friends after the race and they were like bummed for me. I, I went into the race, I should say, just explicitly. I thought I could run 235. I went out at that pace and then I ended up running 248. So like way slower than I thought. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I which, which, hold on, hold on. which in some, in some way is really fast for a lot of people. Like you, that's yeah. wow. That's so dope, it's, dude. It's a weird one, man. And it's a weird, like, it's weird. It's happened to me twice in the marathon where like, you think you're running super, super slow, just how bad it feels. And you're still running like decently fast. Is the yeah, whole yeah. thing. Like even at the end when I was like, walking at points to water stops which I've never done in my entire life mm -hmm. but like I was still running 715 miles which mm -hmm. did not feel like that it felt like I was going like 10 minute pace yeah. um but that it, it's a weird one but yeah like I, everyone was like oh are you like bummed and I was like no I kind of had this like five or six miles of like disappointment and frustration that I got over myself and I'm like mm -hmm. well I'm gonna finish now like I got to the point where I got super bummed, I got close enough to finish in where I was like, I might as well finish. Uh, and then had a great time the rest of the time, like mm -hmm. stopped at every cheer section, had a lot of fun with my friends that were out there. Um, still obviously like disappointed as the competitor. Um, but mm -hmm. that is kind of what I had on the day. And like, I have no doubt that uh, like, I wouldn't do anything differently. Mm -hmm. Essentially. I, I tried to run as fast as I thought I was capable of and was clearly just not where I thought I was. And that's okay. Like I'm, yeah. I'm pretty okay with that at this point. 
Uh, so yeah, good times. It's all part of the journey, man. It's all part of the process. Learning experiences for sure. A hundred percent. All right. So, okay, here we go. Tim Rossi, the athlete born and raised in New York city. Um, what did you play growing up? So yeah. Oh yeah. Walk me through, walk me through your childhood and your athletic background. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you're completely right. Born and raised in New York. I grew up in Battery Park all the way downtown. Um, like mostly grew up playing soccer and baseball. Those were the two like sports okay. that I was best at, but also like did the most often and was on mm -hmm. the most teams for that stuff. Uh, my parents drove me to a lot of different practices or drove me like you walk to stuff in New York or take yeah, the subway. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, exactly. But there was a period of time that I like to talk about that was I, I played baseball, soccer, basketball, and football kind of all mm. simultaneously. Mm -hmm. um, this was in like high school, my high school, New York, a lot of New York schools don't have like high school football teams. So there was a club yeah. football team I was on, club soccer team I was on. I was doing like basketball on the side. Um, and then baseball was my like spring sport, which also supplemented with some of the travel soccer that happens in New York. But uh, to what you were saying earlier, like that had no interest in running, like a lot of people who play any ball sport, like that's wild. You just don't want to run is the yeah. whole thing. Soccer obviously helps. There's, there's no beating around that bush. Like I was a soccer player that ran for sure. I was one of the positions that I played were like you had to be able to run but mm -hmm. yeah running was not the uh the focus for sure until I got to like college and I would argue even after college is when it really really started to take hold mm -hmm. yo so let's let's go through soccer baseball basketball the whole gambit of of sports what got you into soccer and baseball right your first your primary sports off the bat were like soccer and baseball what got you into those as a, as a kid yeah, so my, my dad's Italian and my mom's British. So like, there you go, the European influence right there for sure. But That's it was the, also like, yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's the easiest, simplest one in the world. Uh, I also like grew up with a lot of friends from all over the world that soccer is oh, cool. the biggest sport in the world and like mm -hmm. was the sport in my high school. Everyone played soccer, like soccer was the like coolest sport to be on it mm -hmm. was the team that was probably the most competitive out of all the teams that I was playing on so um soccer was a big one and, and growing up I mean super super young it was also just like there was a little league that we did with the neighborhood kids um and, and that was a ton of fun was the mm -hmm. whole thing but like from that young age like I, I was a kid that would throw the baseball against the wall or like take my dad outside to go play catch for a few hours and then go kick a soccer ball around for a few mm -hmm. hours after that like it, it was really that like it, it, what I was exposed to when I was a yeah. kid yeah and what about basketball was something yeah, like just growing up in New York that was like a thing also basketball was like a pastime like just a yeah run. yeah you're summing it up right there like it, the Knicks have sucked my entire lifetime unfortunately but like basketball is still part of New York City mm -hmm. um through and through for sure so like when I was in high school we'd play after school where we'd play um at like playtime or, or lunch hour or whatever depending on how old I was we called mm -hmm. it a variety of different things obviously and then the, like my school was also small enough where the baseball coach did like a basketball clinic over the winter and it was always okay. a fun one to like Saturday we'd show up and be able to play for like three hours um yeah. which was super super fun and like a lot of my friends played so I played as well I wasn't as good at basketball that's kind of how my running start got in there when I got cut from the varsity basketball team but okay um, okay yeah yeah exactly it wasn't that good at basketball but it's still fun 
is the yeah. whole thing. Like anyone that plays basketball, it's always a fun game to play. Wait, so okay, so walk. Tell me about that basketball experience. Why'd you get cut from um, the team? Yeah, just... yeah, I think I got cut because I wasn't good enough. Was the really? whole thing. like that? It's that wow. simple. Uh, the, it, I mean, it's funny that again, my I was good at baseball. I should say I was one of the like okay. better players in my grade, and the baseball coach was the basketball coach as well, oh, okay. which was uh, so like I knew him. We were buddies, and I like I played well. It, it's funny I tried out for my freshman and sophomore year. I tried out for JV and didn't make the team, and then in, junior in, year in baseball or basketball in basketball and baseball. Okay, I was on varsity baseball for my four years of high school. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, tried out, didn't make the team. Junior year of high school, did not try out, and then senior year decided to try out again. And at mm. the last day of tryouts, the coach like pulled me aside and essentially said, like, we've got you and a kid who's a year younger than you that are like on the same level. We're going to go with the younger kid reasonably because yeah. like <laughs> he's got another year is the whole wow. thing. Like, why yeah. would you have me um, take a roster spot when like you could have this kid that might get a lot better or whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah. So it made a lot of sense, was super bummed, um, but was also like I, I technically did a season of indoor track because of that because I still wanted to do a winter sport. Okay. My school had just started an indoor track team. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually didn't have a lot of like, we had outdoor track for high school all growing up, but we didn't have indoor track nor cross country until my junior year of high school, I think is when my school first started those teams. So okay. like I, I just wanted a sport to do during the winter. So joined indoor track because of that and didn't take it overly really seriously, but yeah. was like my first exposure taking intro running yeah exactly intro running um all right before we get into the intro of running track senior year of high school baseball and soccer did you have aspirations to go and play like in college or to go to the next level after even competitively in other organizations and those sports after after high school yeah yeah i i have the there's a soccer highlight video of myself on the internet which is funny um and like one that's super super fun to pull out at like i don't know a, a gathering where you need a fun fact about yourself okay like, yeah hey, you cool, know I'm, i might try to thing. i might try to drop that when i drop the episode so yeah be throw so the dope. clip in there dude yeah there you go. Just i'm gonna do it pull it it's real low quality thankfully we had a kid from my high school who's like dad worked at a film store so they ended up filming all the games which was awesome um but like uh, I definitely wanted to play going further I Mm -hmm. probably had a better chance doing it with baseball than anything okay um but like looked didn't like get recruited or anything because I probably was not nearly that good or definitely wasn't that good um but like got to college and started looking at like the club side of things and stuff like Mm -hmm. that which I I my freshman year of college the baseball team I got close to making I got to the last round of tryouts Mm. so if I tried out again I think I probably would have made the team and then club soccer was always an interesting one um as well where like maybe if I pursued it further maybe I would have been able to play like competitively further out further Mm. along but with college for me I went to Villanova my freshman year which was a d1 college and then I transferred to Emory um and by the time I transferred to Emory there wasn't as much of a like like I'd had a year without doing them competitively. So I still played, I played intramural and we had a relatively competitive intramural soccer team that I played on, um, which was a lot of fun. And then I practiced with the club guys occasionally, which was again, fun to just stay connected to the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that point I'd been like, it, I, I was okay not having the, the like competitive 
ball sport outlet and yeah, was yeah. just enjoying them more than anything. Like, I mean, I played in a real basketball every year that I was in college and it was a ton of fun, like yeah. so much fun, even though I wasn't that good. <laughs> yeah. You got cut, you got cut in high school basketball, but back. yeah, in a moral college is still ripping it. Yeah. Yeah. Just not oh, that man. good. That's cool. Yo. Okay. And what about football? You, cause you, had, you did yeah. have a, a football career as well. Yeah. Football, football is the fun one in all of this. Again, it's like a weird one. Cause my school didn't have it. Okay. I vaguely maintained that football was probably the sport. I thought I was best at. We played a lot of pickup football. Like it, we'd go to a turf field near the high school or like okay. for New Yorkers, you'd go over to pier 40 when like oh, yeah, you had yeah. a day off from school that no one else had. And we'd like throw our backpacks down and make a field and then play tackle football um and like I was solid I was I was like the shifty guy so like okay, no yeah. one really tackle me which was a lot of fun so so you played um, receiver quarterback receiver what'd you play safety I, when when we played pickup it was more like receiver running back I couldn't okay. play quarterback but the way we played it was like I needed to be a skill position and then yeah yeah, yeah cornerback or safety um but then also did like from there did flag football with a few friends who wanted to play it a little bit more seriously in the flag football league the people who ran it ended up like starting a club football team. So I played two mm -hmm. years of like padded tackle football. Um, and there I played for the first year I was receiver and cornerback. And then I played a little bit of quarterback mm -hmm. um, the second year that I did it, but it was still primarily as like the, the more skill position stuff. And I should say that this, like, it was a fall sport, obviously um, within that calendar, I was also playing varsity soccer at my school. Okay. And then also like club soccer. So I was doing it, but oh, wow. I maybe wasn't like all, all in on it. Yeah. And that's always the interesting one. Cause it was with a bunch of kids that I didn't know as well. And like, it was super fun. Don't get me wrong. But I think it would have been a different story if, uh, if football had been like through my high school, it's one of those fun ones mm. to think about where it's like, ah, oh, that would have been a lot of like enjoyment if my friends had played it mm. as well with me. But yeah. Uh, it was still a lot of fun and still one that like I'll enjoy throwing a football or going to play whatever maybe not tackle as much because I don't want to ruin my body but yeah uh, still fun definitely a fun one that's so funny dude yeah I mean you definitely look like a receiver you know what I mean yeah. like like if I see you playing football or if we ever did a pickup game I'd be like yeah he I want him on my team he's a receiver yeah um, there you go so but when so when you were playing, were you always, you were always that fast, shifty, very quick agility guy, right? Like as an athlete yeah. growing up? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is in parallel, like that translates pretty nicely into running. So your, to walk me through that experience in high school, your first, your first time uh, doing indoor or outdoor track, how was that for you? As you said, the non-runner going into now running track, uh, senior year of high school, how was that? Yeah. I mean, it, it was fun. Like it, it was definitely a fun one. I didn't really know what was going on and I kind of got introduced to it because we had like our fitness tests that I always did decently mm. at for the you, school that you I always came in first in the speed yeah, and the running. Exactly. We, we did, we did something called the beep test for running. And it was a weird one. It was like a lot of people are probably familiar with it. You essentially run an up and down a like a basketball court and there's a CD that just beeps as you run back oh. and forth and it progressively gets faster and faster mm -hmm. and you have to get side to side. So like we'd always do it and like wow. stop after we were going to get the highest grade in the class. It was like, mm -hmm. okay, we got like our, our A's or our seven is what it was. Cause my school had a weird grading system, but like we wouldn't go all the way. So I like vaguely had an idea that I was good at running. 
And then the indoor like stuff, it because it was a new team, it wasn't super, super serious training, which was awesome. The coach okay. knew what he was doing, but like we went up to an indoor track maybe like once a week tops to practice. Mm -hmm. uh, we'd drive up to the armory in New York and like we did our track workouts. I had no concept of what I was like running for any of them. And then because it was indoor as well, we were running primarily shorter distances. So it mm -hmm. was the the 400 is what I ended up running a few times. Nice. It was fun. Like, it, again, it was with kids that I was buddies with. I was having a good time. Um, it wasn't like super, super serious. So it didn't turn me off from the sport, which is mm -hmm. ultimately, I think, what pulled me back to it, where I was like, okay, like I'm not playing the other sports competitively anymore. This was fun when I did it that one time. Maybe I should do it again. So it was a super positive experience in the end. Nice, dude. All right. So walk me through that. So how was it? I'm guessing this was what in college or post college and you were like, you had that idea you liked running back in the day and you wanted to get back into it. Yeah. Yeah. It was it, like, it happened first in college and it took a few years though. This is where like, you can argue either way. Like I, I joined the club running team my freshman year at Villanova um, oh, and cool. then ran when I went to Emory as well. Like I, I did it mostly for fitness and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but like, Joy at Villanova, it was super, super helpful because there were a lot of kids that knew a lot more about running than I did. So they helped shape like me understanding a little bit more what running is like, essentially, mm -hmm. of, of how you train to run, how you do a track workout, whatever it might be. Um, and within this as well, I came back to New York. I was working at a running store here uh, for a summer job. And then I like started running with the community in New York a little bit mm -hmm. more. At the time, it was with Central Park Track Club. Um, their schedule aligned perfectly with my like work schedule. So I was like, cool, I'll go to their track workouts, uh, which was a lot of fun. Again, still like buddies from that, from that experience that mm -hmm. I run with or chat with all the time now. Um, so that was cool, but I don't think I necessarily took it too seriously until my senior year of college. I wanted to like run seriously. And again, kind of had actually a conversation with the coach on the team of like, I've done this but you're a senior, like, why would I take a senior who's run these mm -hmm. times when I could have a freshman who's run around the same times? So like, yes, again, fair. Um, so I trained that year to do like the 5k at a home meet that the school hosted, which was again, mm -hmm. tons of fun. Um, and then post-collegiately is probably when it got a little bit more serious because I graduated and then I did my first marathon that same year that I graduated. Mm -hmm. uh, I tried to get into New York a few times previously, but the Roadrunners used to have this thing where if you didn't get in three times, you automatically got in the fourth. So okay. by the time I got to 2014, I'd gotten rejected enough times, which was a massive blessing in disguise. Cause if I'd done a marathon when I was younger, like I wouldn't have, it wouldn't have gone nearly as well. And it might've changed my relationship with the sport. Mm -hmm. um, Cause early on, it was mostly like a fitness thing. Like I was going to the mm -hmm. gym, I was lifting weights um, and running as part of that fitness routine. And it wasn't really till after that I was like, okay, what if I like train at running to get good at running mm -hmm. instead of for running being a different part of my life, which mm -hmm. was cool. And like a cool shift to go through and a unique experience, which I think helps me with the like perspective on things of, mm -hmm. I know that there's people who like don't want to run to try and get faster. And I think that that's just as valuable or I know what it's like to not be a runner, obviously, yeah. and like have no idea what it's like to show up to your tra first track workout just with like no clue what a 400 meter rep is or whatever it might be. Um, so it's cool, like super, super fun stuff. 
Dude, that was me like yesterday. I walked on yeah. the track and I'm like, I don't know, I have no idea what the, what, it, what is 400 meters? Like, what is a PR? What are you talking about? Yeah, um, those things you take for granted when you're in yeah. it for long enough that just no one has any idea what you're talking about. For yeah. sure. How was that transition for you? So for me, going from football, even as a college football player going into running, like I had no idea about the fundamentals of the sport, you know, and like my whole mindset was whatever gets me there fastest or the farthest also like that's what I have to do to that was my perception of running no idea about form running hill strike cadence all of these things like you talk about the lingo and as, as a runner no idea what any of it meant and it was just a matter of whatever gets me from point a to point b in the most efficient way possible that's what I would categorize or define as running or being a runner and I think like for me my body and physically I've changed so much fundamentally my cadence my stride everything has changed now being a runner as an athlete versus a competitive football player or anything prior how was that transition for you yeah I I think it was like different for me because it was a slower transition I guess where like okay I was just running to get like a few miles in every day initially which was the helpful thing in the end and again I think what what's come back around over and over again is I just to an extent got lucky that I was like surrounded by people that were willing to be patient with me and kind of like explain things to me and stuff like that so I just had that as a resource which was super super helpful um from day one for sure and like it, it, it's such a funky one right because there's so much that you have to learn but like early mm-hmm. on you're so naive is the whole thing like I had no idea what good or bad or whatever was and like they I, I got again lucky with when I started running I had a background from the other sports that really mm-hmm. helped me be decent at running from the jump um mm-hmm. and that like helped fuel some of that excitement because I think a lot of the time it can obviously be deterring if you feel like you're not good at something or if everyone else is better than you and like I wasn't good but I wasn't bad by any Mm -hmm. means and I definitely didn't think of myself as bad I thought that I was very good at running when I first started because I had no idea how much faster people were than I am or Mm -hmm. or what people were doing out there um but like I I also I I should like soccer I I grew up like geeking out on soccer cleats essentially okay uh so when I got into running I simultaneously started to like geek out on the sport itself and wanted to know more about it and wanted to learn more about like the, the, the products and the technologies that went into it. But then also by extension, like the terminologies and training Mm. and stuff like that. So while I didn't do that immediately, I got to learn this space over those two years of just like kind of running for fitness or three years of running for fitness. And then got to be like okay now I know a decent amount like I know enough to learn more is the way that mm-hmm. I describe it um and again that was just by the people who I was surrounded by who were always willing to like sit down and talk to me about training if I had a question or or sit down and talk to me about like running gear and stuff like that which yeah. was super super cool in the end and definitely mm-hmm. like something I think about often of like oh I would like to pay that forward to someone if I ever get a dm or a text mm-hmm. or something where someone's asking any mm-hmm. questions I'm super happy to like give them the time of day and respond or hop on the phone or whatever it might be because people did that for me and that's why I'm here right now. So why not do that for someone else? I like it. And, and speaking of, I'm about to pick your brain on gear and shoes and preference. So we can talk about that in a minute. Um, 
let me see. Um, all right. So walk me through that first marathon experience. What, what sparked the interest to run that distance? And then how was it running your first marathon as a newly found runner? Uh, yeah. yeah. Super fun, man. I, I honestly, super fun. It was the best marathon experience I've probably ever had. Uh, nice. My mom ran a decent amount. She's not like the most athletic human in the world. She would say that. That's not me throwing her under the bus, but she's okay. done the New York City Marathon a few times, wow, uh, which cool. is super cool. Yeah, super, super cool. Got to see her do it a bunch of times. She's done it for like a variety of charities as well, which is just awesome nice. stuff. Um, and, and for whatever reason, like I was aware of the marathon because of that and mm. always had the, the interest in like wanting to run the New York city marathon specifically because of that. Mm. Um, so again, like had been running for a few years, gotten to New York, uh, like trained through the summer with guidance from people who knew a lot more than I did, which again was super, super helpful. And essentially like it was a weird experience. Cause what happened is I showed up at the starting line and saw two of the guys on the club, Central Park Track Club who I'd been training with and we were just chatting and like realized we had very similar goals on the day and we mm. were like oh we should all run together um so I ended up having like literally every step of the race sands the last 200 meters where like I kind of like an asshole uh like closed harder than the guy I, I felt mm -hmm. good at the end so I like yeah. kind of cruised it in and like I, th I think I probably beat him by like five seconds which is just dumb okay. Okay. Yeah. and this guy Phil Lane if Phil Lane is listening uh we <laughs> still chat Shut occasionally up. he's he's a great guy but like it, it was awesome because we ran the entire race together and again I kind of said it before like I had moments where I felt really bad he mm. had moments where he felt really bad or I felt good or whatever it was vice versa and because of that we were able to kind of work together um and really just like if I felt bad I let him do some of the lead in and like really drive what we were doing and just zone mm. out other thing would happen like it, it went back and forth and we ran just like we were both in exactly the sort of shape that we had planned on running and because of that, I think we ran literally just like dead even splits the entire race. Okay. Um, super, super fun. And like cross the finish line feeling great. I was like really excited to see what would happen next, essentially, mm. um, which I think nice. is exactly what you want with your first marathon. Like you want to be excited when oh, you yeah. cross the line versus like this sucks. I never want to do it again. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, hold on, man. So many, so many questions because so like Boston, Boston was my first marathon a few weeks ago. And like that, that was a struggle. Cause as you, as you talk about your experience running with somebody like with a teammate yeah. and going that, having that back and forth. And sometimes he would carry you. Sometimes you would carry him and you end up running, you know, pretty much with each other, the whole marathon that I think is an element that was missing for me in Boston, because it was like a rolling start. And then no, there were no groups. There was no pacers. There was nobody. It was just like, get off the bus, walk to the start. And then you just go. And so that whole marathon experience was just me and me like trying to, trying to push it, push it through the finish. And so, um, yeah, talk about two totally different experiences as your first marathon. Um, but I'm excited. I, I'm excited for CIM this weekend. Um, yeah. which I think hopefully there are going to be more groups the way that people will talk about it and, and have expressed like about getting into groups and like what their goals are. I think it'll be a very fun, fun time and a fun marathon to have groups of people to run with versus trying to run by yourself. Um, oh, yeah. For you, for you, is there a preference? Like, do you, do you prefer running with people or are you more like a solo runner? Does it depend on the race or depend on the day? What's your preference into like how you compete and how you race? 
Yeah, I, I think it fully depends on the day. Like when you're racing, I think that it's always helpful having other people mm-hmm. there because like mm-hmm. it, it'll just push you a little bit more. And it depends on the race and the marathon. It's this unique experience where like, yes, there's a competitive aspect of it, but there's also this mutual understanding between everyone in our group of like, we're not competing until we get to like mile 22. Like we mm. all need to try and get to mile 22 together yeah, and yeah. then we can try and like beat each other. That's fine. Like, I, I think mm. that's very reasonable within running and it's that yeah. unique one um, for sure. With the shorter distances, it's an easier one where it's like having other people there just pushes you harder. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a whole different ball game. And it's like from a competitive point of view, I think super, super helpful. I do think in the marathon, I remember like the marathon, I've run 231 at New York a few years ago. That's Mm -hmm. like far and away my best marathon. But I do remember before that race, like essentially thinking to myself, not really talking to myself, but I, I told myself that I was ready to run by myself. Cause again, Mm -hmm. something unique in the marathon is you're, you're vaguely, not vaguely, you're pretty much on like a razor's edge. Most of the Mm -hmm. race, depending on what you're trying to do. Obviously there's times that like people are going out there and trying to have fun with it, which is absolutely awesome. Um, but anytime that you're trying to like reach a tangible time goal within the marathon, I don't care what it is. Like you could be trying to break two hours or you could be trying to break four hours for the first mm. time. You're usually like towing that line of if you're running five seconds a mile too fast, you might be taking yourself over the edge. So mm. I remember telling myself that I needed to be ready to like, if I was with a group that was running too fast, I needed to not stick with the group I needed to go and run by myself and that ended up Mm. happening for not the whole race I found a few different people at a few different points but for a lot of it I ran like solo miles is the whole thing I do think the preference is always the group but there's that fine line of like you want a group but you don't want to sacrifice your entire race Mm -hmm. to run with a group so yeah it's a hard one when it comes to the marathon though for sure yeah yeah how many marathons have you ran I've ran five now. I've done New five. York four times in Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. It's five. New York yeah, four which times. Which is weird to vet. say out loud. I like you're New York. Yeah, I mean, New you're York a local. Is... Like you could run, you can run that. You can run New York City with your eyes closed at this point. Exactly. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm biased to New York for sure. There's definitely faster races out there. We'll venture out there hopefully sooner rather than mm-hmm. later. But yeah, I mean, like I, I will always argue that New York is the greatest marathon in the world, even if I haven't done all the other races. Like yeah. you're not beating New York in my brain. Yeah. Out of, out of the five marathons, would, which one would you say was like your best one? You noted the 231 New York City Marathon, right? I'm asking because I'm wondering, like, did you ever have an experience out of your handful of marathons that was a complete, like a great day. Like there was no bad mile. There was no bad moments or patches. Like it just felt smooth the whole time out of the five yeah. marathons. Have you had that experience or is, is it more like an up and down uh, yeah. battle for the marathons? I feel like the one that was most broadly positive was actually my first, which is not okay. an often sentiment. Like I, I think it was just like, I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't really understand the like gravity of what I wanted mm. to do on mm-hmm. the day. Like I, I didn't really comprehend that. I, I ran 249 the first race, the first marathon that I did. And like, nice. I, I think I wanted to run 250. Like we, it, it, it just went really, really well. And there was mm. probably a level of like underestimating the level of fitness that I was at as well, which was great because it just lent itself to an absolutely amazing experience. 
the 231 one though is probably like the best for sure because that was one where like I'd been hurt for a few years previously I'd had a Mm -hmm. few different like running related injuries I I just broke a few bones essentially fractured bones I should say I didn't snap anything thankfully from Um, running or from something else from running like from running too much I got like I I again some like not really know what I knowing what I was doing I ran my second marathon and then like wanted to be really good and Mm. figured that to be really good I had to run a lot more than I was running like any idiot who doesn't really know what he's doing Mm. uh so started running like a lot and if you do enough of uh, running excessively when you're not ready for it like you're gonna snap at some point um but that one was fun because like I got back from all that stuff um I trained really intelligently for a really long period of time and and like put together a really really good like 20 week specific segment, but then probably like mm. a full year of good running. Okay. Um, and with that, like it, my PR going into that race was 246. Um, so it was really fun to be like, I convinced myself that I was in sub 230 shape. Mm-hmm. And the last three miles got really hard of that race. The wheels never fully, fully came off, but I definitely slowed down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But still, like I put myself out there. I ended up having a massive breakthrough because I thought that I was capable of something bigger than what I ended up achieving. Mm-hmm. I mean, that one was probably the most like positive overall experience, mm-hmm. but it's something different every single time. Like I've had yeah. two where just getting across the finish line at the end was a win. Yeah. And those are like equally impactful mm. as the good days for sure for like obviously different reasons mm-hmm. but there's still ones that stick out in my brain because it's like damn like I really had no business finishing that race and I mm. did and that's yeah. cool yeah for most of your like running um I guess running experience or running history have you worked with coaches or have you done more of like yourself not not self-taught but like writing strategies and plans out and workouts for yourself versus having a coach yeah it, it's another one of those ones where like the the answer itself is that i've generally been like self-coach but that's definitely underselling the value mm. that like other well, people from what yeah, yeah what i what i gather is like you pick out pieces of information and people friends family coaches teammates stuff like you pick out the info and then you kind of compile it for yourself more or less exactly right? yeah. yeah there's i've had like again just a lot of resources that have been super willing to like have conversations with me which i've always like I I can't undersell the value of that and then Mm -hmm. I I firmly believe that like I know myself best it's also Mm -hmm. just the way my brain works is like Mm -hmm. if I having it all be on me is something that helps me like own my Mm -hmm. performances a little bit more versus being able to be like well if this coach isn't training Mm -hmm. me properly or like stupid things that I could reason in my brain Mm -hmm. it's just kind of the way that my head works so like I'll take everything that they think and take all of their feedback, like shape it into mm-hmm. what I think is going to work best and then mm-hmm. go from there and still like listen to people actively. It's always helpful to, to not get overly biased on like what I think is best and stuff like that. Cause that's when you yeah, end up yeah. doing silly things or things that you don't actually need is mm-hmm. the whole thing. Like it's hard to recognize your own weaknesses a lot of the time or like opportunity Mm -hmm. areas and having uh, an impartial set of eyes is super super helpful Mm -hmm. um in those circumstances but yeah for the most part like i've written my own plans and then gotten people's feedback yeah (laughs) that sounds that's so relatable dude that so for me it's the same for me like i'll take i'll take 
pieces of information, advice, guidance, you name it, and also experience. And then I'll apply it to like how it best suits me. But it's a combination of being of knowing myself well enough to like being able to apply different pieces of information that's suited more for me. It's just minor tweaks and edits, right? And it's, it's a part of that just being adjustable and like being able to do that for myself. And then like you put it, the accountability is like, it's all on my shoulders. Like I have no one to blame, but myself is me versus me at the end of the day. Like I have to push myself to do it, right? And then another part of it is just being extremely stubborn. Like I'm one that I don't really follow the rules to a, to a, to a certain point in moderation, right? Like I would probably, I'd be, I'm the guy that I would do what you tell me not to do because you told me not to do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> so a part of that applies a lot into athletics and sports. And I'll like, I'll just tweak things a little bit differently to make sure like that it, it, it kind of adjusts for me. But then um, a part of it is that stubbornness and like, I can do it differently, not wrong or yeah. right, but just differently. And um, I think, yeah, that has a big part of um, <laughs> myself as a runner now and just in general as an athlete. And yeah, um, that's hilarious. Yeah. Out, of, out of all the races you've done, what's your, what's your favorite distance? Half marathons, marathons, 5Ks, mid-distance, short-distance, what is it? Yeah, it, it I think so I think the distance that I probably enjoy the most and then also think that I would be best at is the marathon um okay, I cool. there's just like a fun uh there's something fun about it I should say the the real answer here is the half marathon and the reason for that is that you can do the half marathon more often it's long mm. enough um I have a buddy of our I mean you know him as well this guy Daniel Wynn who likes to ask mm -hmm. the question of like what do you think your ideal race distance is like if you mm -hmm. could run any distance mm -hmm. and i'd probably argue for myself it's something around like the 10 miler where it, it's long enough to like be a long distance race where you don't need a ton of leg speed but it's also short enough where you're not gonna like fully fully die and that kind mm -hmm. of range is where i do well but the reason that i enjoy the marathon is kind of the the opposite reason of why the half marathon is fun in that if you don't do well in a marathon, you can't really do another one like a week later or two mm. weeks later. I kind of like the, the pressure of like, I've trained for a while for this race. So many things can go wrong. I'm putting faith in that they don't go wrong essentially. Mm -hmm. And that's something that mm -hmm. makes it a lot of fun for me. Obviously it like builds a lot of pressure there, but I think it's super enjoyable. Mm -hmm. The half marathon does a lot of that just again in a in a slightly less like demolishes your body sense. Mm -hmm. and, and that's super fun because like you can do another one two weeks later mm -hmm. if you really want to. And that's a fun thing as well. But yeah, probably like one answer is the marathon for sure. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I've only raced a handful of halves and at this point just one marathon and really no other, no 5Ks, no 10 milers, anything like that. So um, less of racing experience under my belt than, than you, but I feel like my ha half marathon might be a good distance. I, I think I could agree with you there. And as I, as I build my endurance and athleticism as a runner and even speed, I feel like that half marathon might be for me as an athlete, that might be my sweet spot. If not yeah. shorter, shorter distances, um, just having my athletic yeah. background as a competitive, as a football player, um, my stature, my body type, like where my speed and agility is, I think short distance might be 
um, an area that I want to focus on next. Uh, but I do love the endurance aspect of longer runs, longer distances, even a half marathon, but really now a marathon. Um, there's something about, about the distance, about the endurance that I like the most, uh, but definitely love the speed though. I love to run fast. Yeah. You can find the blend with the half marathon. It's the nice thing. It's like fast enough to be fast, but long enough to also be a long distance race, Mm -hmm. obviously. And then you like can train seriously for that, but you also don't have to like dedicate your life to training for Mm -hmm. it. The marathon training takes a lot out of people. So there's something fun about training for a half for sure. Mm -hmm. All right. So I want to, I want to end talking about lost boys, but I want to ask you about your preference on shoes and gear. So I'm running CIM this weekend at this point, I think when I drop the episode, it might be after the fact. So we'll see what I actually, what I hit and then what I wear that day, but what's your preference on racing shoes? So you run in the Nike alpha flies and vapor flies, right? Yeah. What is your preference for a long distance marathon race day? What shoe do you prefer? Yeah, I'm laughing at this question because I don't have a good answer to this, mostly because I go back and forth. Okay. Uh, I, I think I think right now it's the Alpha Fly, probably. I really like just the feel of the Alpha Fly and for the longer stuff as well, just having a little bit more cushioning under there mm-hmm. um, is super, super helpful. The, the asterisk on that is I did race New York in the next percent um the the next percent too i should say the vapor fly mm-hmm. uh i i really liked that pair that i had for whatever reason it felt really good with my hip um being actually like a little bit more ground feel it's still a mm-hmm. thick shoe so you don't get a lot of ground feel but for whatever reason it just seemed to work with how my body was running a little bit better so i ran in that but before that i'd been like pretty all in on the alpha fly and really really okay. liked the way that it feels again I'm a pretty bouncy runner and the alpha fly seems to work really, really well with that. What mm-hmm. I tend to tell people, which is not the fun answer is like whatever feels best when you're running fast in it yeah. is the whole thing. That's the other weird thing is like for racing flats, you want to see, yes, it's great to see how it feels standing in it and like jogging in it, but you want to see how it feels at marathon pace or half marathon pace. Mm-hmm. And, and if one of them just like instills confidence in you, that's probably the better of mm. the two because then you're not going to think about it as much but yeah. you're not going to go wrong is the other thing just find the one that matches the outfit in the end and then you feel good <laughs> whatever colorway matches the best right that's how you exactly do it. Yeah. Hey, i had a good colorway in the next percent and that definitely made me feel good about them i was mm-hmm. like these look sick uh i'm like stoked to put these on i feel like i'm gonna run super fast if i put this shoe on so yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a fun one look good feel good race good that yeah, Tim Rossi is a real Mar- thing. Yeah. <laughs> advice okay, 101 for marathons. Not the best advice. Yeah, exactly. Hey. Not, not the best, but hey, it's advice. It does. Yeah. All right. So then what about split shorts or half tights for marathons? Dude, it's my favorite one in the world because I am firmly in team half tights at this half point. For, okay. Yeah. I, I just think they feel better. I've all, like, I, it's partially probably the sport background, but like, mm. I, I think they feel faster is the whole thing. Like the yeah, compressive yeah. nature of half tights just feels better than split shorts. In my opinion, mm-hmm. like split shorts are great, especially when it's hot out. It's nice to have like the breathability and the lightweight feel and like it, it just feels nice and flowy and all that. Mm-hmm. But like if the, I think that the half tights just feel faster because mm-hmm. of that. I There's also like, I don't know, like it's 
more streamlined or whatever and it makes your muscles feel better in my mind so i'm like oh i'm just gonna reason that these are the right things to do i do i will say that like very specifically i have like two pairs of half tights that i really like Mm -hmm. um and that's probably why i also think that Mm -hmm. they do well because they fit right um they feel good when i'm running like faster mm-hmm. paces and stuff like that i'm not necessarily someone that has to worry about like gels and stuff but a lot of the time mm-hmm. it might be easier to store half tights and or gels in half tights mm-hmm. versus gels and split shorts so i am firmly team half tights and i know that this is like a big internet debate and a lot of fun to, to get into this debate <laughs> because people are pretty like solid on one yeah. or the other which i just think is funny yeah, let me know in the comments which ones you yeah. prefer. <laughs> oh, we're, we're going to start a Reddit thread and we're going to go viral for sure. <laughs> oh, dude, 100%. Oh, hey, man. People, people debate it. People, people have their opinion. They yeah. think they're right. Yeah, I mean, hey, I mean, which, whichever way you think about it, you're probably right anyway. Like if that's what you prefer, you're right. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're um, fine is the whole thing. Yeah. All right, so let me ask you this. This is my last this or that preference question um if you were racing cim this weekend you had, to, you had to pick your you had to pick your kit what are you racing in cim this weekend what what's the weather like in cim let's oh, go with you know that. i have no you idea know you know, let, like? i'll look it up i'll look it up right now yeah look, look it, it up, up right usually now. i will say i was out at cim in 2018 and it was like chilly is the whole thing so i'm like i'm 100 going half tights in cim that's like no doubt you probably need a pair of gloves um you could argue arm sleeves or not like it, it depends i'm not someone that likes to throw away stuff okay. uh, a lot of buddies that i had like started new york in arm sleeves and then took them off and just tossed them because they mm-hmm. warmed up and felt fine i probably would have done that if i felt like i wanted to part ways with a pair of arm sleeves which i did not so uh but yeah you know, like you gotta go half tights at that point dude <laughs> well i'm, I'm sure pull, it's i'm like, trying to pull it up right yeah. now it's definitely like 40 and overcast because I feel like CIM always gets perfect weather and it's one of the reasons that everyone loves that race. That's wild. Um, you know what? I didn't, I had no idea it'd be under 50, like 60 degrees. I'm yeah, thinking Cali, I'm thinking Cali, I'm thinking it's sunny and 75 to be honest. And now looking at it, this is a good, a good prep for me because I, otherwise I wouldn't have checked to be honest. Sacramento, man. Sacramento is not the, uh, the rest of Southern California or so whatever. It, it's a... Uh, high of 59 low of 39 nice so yeah you'll probably start like you start early so what maybe like 45 out 40 yeah we'll um, say 40 but yeah depending on the sun that's the other weird one oh, but yeah. it's fun race man like that's you're gonna have so much fun out there for sure yeah. uh and like just enjoy it is the whole thing it does roll a little bit more than people give it credit mm. for everyone thinks mm-hmm. that cim is like straight downhill or flat and mm-hmm. everyone's always taken aback a little bit by the uphills that you hit but Mm-hmm. it's if you get an uphill you're gonna get downhill That's yeah, the thing about yeah, that yeah. Race. yeah and also i think I've, i hit the peak training portion if you want to say if you want to consider that that i'm doing for cim I've, i did that in boston so like boston yeah. was my one long run with hills at marathon pace or try to be marathon pace yeah so that's my one experience of all hills it go. was it was in boston um cool yeah i'm excited man it'll be it's gonna be a lot of fun i'm really excited to get after especially after uh, my experience in Boston, like I was yeah. immediate, I immediately went right back on the horse and I was ready to just get right back into training and then trying to see when and if I could hit, rip it again. And I'm excited to do it this weekend. Um, yeah. 
All right, man. So Lost Boys, walk me through Stay Lost. I love that. I, I love the quote. I love the mindset of it, the idea. Walk me through how you how that how that came about or like what what that what the background is for stay lost and lost boys yeah I, i'm gonna give too much of a rant but like I, the, the spark notes version of how it started was essentially there were a few people that i worked with at the running store i worked at but like this this was back when new york city running was like very niche and to an extent felt relatively exclusive and like mm. for right or wrong i wasn't like ingrained in it yet but it definitely felt that way externally so we started this thing that was kind of like a joke to an extent of we didn't really care who we trained with. We didn't really care who we ran with. Like we just wanted to like have a team name to put down. And it was because we were traveling to races around the area Mm -hmm. that could let you put a team name down. Mm -hmm. So we came up with lost boys as like kind of a ton in cheek thing that was not supposed to be like, it was supposed to be the opposite of exclusive essentially. Like if anyone wanted to be a lost boy, you can be a lost boy. It's the Mm -hmm. whole thing. Um, and, and like really what it's shifted into and, and the big thing that I always talk about is I've had, well, I have a lot of friends. I mean, we talked about my running background where like, I didn't grow up running and, and now I'm semi-competitive within mm-hmm. the running space. And I have all these friends who were like high school runners or college runners, or even post-collegiate runners that were so good at the sport. And then at some point they just leave it. And it's primarily because in conversations that I've had, like, they, they lose the excitement and it stops being fun for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the big thing for us is like, we want to make sure that it's first and foremost fun is the whole thing. We're never going to take ourselves too seriously. We're always going to make jokes like that. That's kind of the thing, but ultimately it's this like at, at some point running was really enjoyable for you. And we want to get back to like, you can have fun in this sport, no matter what, Oh, and by the way, you can have a lot of fun in the sport while trying to train super seriously. Mm -hmm. Again, that's, I'd argue, agnostic of pace goals. I don't care if you're trying to break 10 minutes in the mile for the first time or trying to break four minutes in the mile. There's this unique thing in running where like everyone's bonded by the shared pursuit of something Mm -hmm. um, and that commitment towards a goal that you're working towards. Like it's such a unique one that connects the best runners in the world to, to the people that are finishing last place at some of these races mm-hmm. um, and other sports don't get that. So there's that unique piece right there. Um, but also like you, you want people to have ambitions within the sport is another piece of it. The, the reference for lost boys is the Peter Pan lost boys who never okay. grow up. And like when you're a kid, you have these crazy dreams that you never really think are going to be possible. And at some point you, decide that like those aren't things that you can achieve anymore and Mm. we don't want people to do that we still want people to like chase after those super super ambitious goals within the sport and then again continue to have fun with it continue to not take themselves too seriously you can have a life outside of running um it's something that we want to continue to highlight and then again bring people together uh and kind of build that community globally ideally Mm -hmm. Um, where to exactly what you were saying before, like running is a pretty small sport on the, on the large scale there. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty knit, tight knit community. And it's really cool to be able to have people where you can fly to a different country or to a different city and, and shoot a message out and find someone to run with is the mm-hmm. whole thing. And like that's super, super powerful and, and the most fun thing about it. So yeah, I mean, like part of the stay lost and is just to like make sure that you continue to chase after those goals while having fun. 
the other stuff that we'll do where we like throw the L up and stuff like that. That's kind of the like joke part of it where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're not winning anything. Like the, when you throw the L up, that's like the loser thing essentially from when you were in high school, but it, it's like joking about it is yeah, the whole yeah. thing. It's kind of a way to be like, yeah, we're not taking ourselves that, that seriously. We're still going to have some fun with this. Uh, and that's <laughs> what it ultimately should be. You got to have fun because otherwise you're going to stop caring about the sport. At some point. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. You got to fly the L, man. Exactly. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah, you got to you got to got to do something. But yeah, I mean it's so much fun and it's so cool to like connect with people through that for mm-hmm. sure as well yeah. and again, like if anyone feels a connection to it, part of the big thing for us is it doesn't matter if like you have a single or you you put the team name down like you can run for your college team and still be a lost boy mm-hmm. if you feel connected to it. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of the point is the whole thing. There's no mm-hmm. tangible like admission process or whatever mm-hmm. it might be to be a lost boy. It's just like, oh, you feel lost? Like, yeah, throw the L up at the race or like put the lost boys team name down for your local turkey trap. Like, yeah, yeah. We're all in on that. And that stuff is the most fun to like get messages about that or whatever it might be. It's like, oh yeah, that's so sick. That's so cool, man. Yeah, that's dope. Stay lost. Fun, um, man. All right, man. This this has been fun, dude. I appreciate your time. This has been a lot of fun. It's good chatting with you, man. Dude, 100%. Good luck. CIM will be a lot of fun. You'll get back up north at some point. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. And more length for some miles. It's going to be Yeah, cool. man. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, honestly, it's always a it's, it's a good little escape to leave New York. Like, But even just spending time with family during the holidays, like that's always a, a really a pleasant time and then be, being able to spend that time, quality time with the family. But I always love, like New York City is home for me at this point, yeah. you know? So like, I always enjoy coming back home, especially um, getting right back like into running and then running with you and, and the community. So looking forward to that. All right, man, oh, this has man. been a lot of fun. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Um, stay lost. Um, <laughs> there you go perfect sign right, off man. right there we're good stay tuned more to come as always stay for the stories <laughs>